Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into another Monday edition of NASCAR Motor Mouse. Steve Letard alongside Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett. It was a busy day yesterday. It was a cut day for the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. We have a lot to talk about in today's show. A.J. Allmendinger going three in a row yeah. for the Roval wow. in the Xfinity Series. Kyle Larson pitting halfway through for an alternator belt, coming back and winning the race. I thought that was a great story. We had Reddick and Byron. Great strategy. Great strategy. strategy. We had Reddick and Byron making contact. Byron looking like he might win. Uh, We have Denny Hamlin running well again. And, oh, you might have seen it, a little altercation between Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. Matter of fact, that altercation was so small, we're going to save all of that for the second segment. I think that's a segment. We don't need to talk about the first segment. Um, I really think we have to start – with the race winner. I think that's where the, the tip of the hat should go, and it goes to Kyle Larson, his seventh win of the season, DJ, but in a little unconventional manner, had some mechanical issues, team overcame it, and Kyle Larson went on to win. Yeah, I think it actually made their strategy different than what they went into the race yeah. with with a strategy. Yeah. I think that you know their strategy seemed to be, at the beginning of the race, that they were going to get as many stage points as they could in stages one and two and see where that put them to where they might could go for the win. But Kyle and I, being on the pit box yesterday, we were able to watch this unfold as we saw him right there with the pass on Denny to, to take the lead and go on the win. But the job that that Hendrick Motorsports team did in assessing what they needed yes. to do, changing the first battery, and then realizing the issue was that 
the alternator belt had come off and then putting a plan together uh, when they got that next opportunity to make all of that happen was just incredible. Now Kyle Larson did an amazing yeah. job of driving that race car when he went back out there, not overdriving the car and getting himself in trouble, uh, which would have been very easy. Uh, but. That, that was just tremendous team effort and, and uh, what they did and not doing that many times. I don't yeah. know how you go make yeah. that happen. I, listen, you were very fortunate to be a part of that organization, the Hendrick organization. Uh, I think we saw a glimpse of it last year uh, with the nine car, with Chase Elliott, when he pitted at Martinsville. The guy goes yeah. over the wall, then he goes back and tags. Yeah. You know, it's like a pop fly. I'm going to tag and then I'm going to go, you know. But they understand the rules. They understand the situation. They're taught that. They practice that. And, and Dale and I, we, it was fascinating because we were bird's eye view right on the pit box watching those guys. Nobody ever panicked. They yeah. lifted the hood. They, they got up on the one guy. It was just yeah. the one guy out there all by himself. And he did a tremendous job. And the direction from the pit box, um, all those guys. I mean, it was phenomenal to watch because I think if that would have been uh, my team in the old days, where Dale and I were sitting, we wouldn't have been safe because wrenches would have been coming our way. They had been slinging them. It was phenomenal to watch them recover from that. Well, this show is all about the fans. We want you to call in, ask questions, give your opinion to any and all the topics we've talked about so far. It's one eight four four NASCAR NBC. Uh, before we start talking specific drivers, real quick, the Roval fourth year. Um, if we go all the way back four years ago, there was a hundred reasons why it wouldn't work. Yep, yep. I think what I've seen DJ um, as a as a crew chief and not a driver is that is unconventional. Uh, it has some of the slowest corners we see, some of the highest braking we've seen on the back the back stretch, the front strip. While it, it's definitely different than any other road course we go to, it's delivered yep. all four years in its in a different way. Yep. It hasn't even been consistent. I don't know what to expect every time I go. Uh, you got to sit down on the pit box. Well, how, what did you think of the race in general? Uh, incredible. I, I mean, just everything that the drivers have to go through with the 17 turns, the two chicanes that they have to uh, maneuver through, the uh, you know trying to stay out of trouble. That that infield part seems to be so difficult, and just you know taking a pace car around there uh, gives you some idea. But then to think about what they're doing at speed, just incredible. But I'm gonna tell you, whenever you go to put together a highlight reel of 2021 and all the races. It should be 35 races, and then the Roval should have its own. Uh, you could make a yeah, minimum sure. of a 30-minute show every single year from that. Uh, it, it is not failed to deliver every single year in some way, yeah. shape, or form, and uh, yesterday was no different. Yeah, you know, I, we, you look at it, I, I think you don't realize the elevation changes in the infield. Yeah. That, that's one yeah. thing that, that as, as a spectator, even watching it on TV, you don't get a good, good feel for that. But the other thing is the tire. The tire has to work yeah. in first gear and second gear, and it has to work up on the banking in fourth gear. It has to work at high speed. It has to work at load. And that's where it's not perfect for the bank, and it's right, not right. perfect for the infield, so it makes a compromise. So there's a compromise every corner of every lap for every driver. That's what makes it exciting. Kind of like the Roval tire. I don't really yeah. fit anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> not, anywhere. That's it, okay, dude. everywhere. Not really perfect <laughs> anywhere. So we mentioned it's a fan call-in show, so we have our first call-in guest. Tom, you're on NASCAR Motor Mouse. Hey, guys. How's it going? Wonderful. Good. Well, good, Steve. Hey, y'all. Uh, I was bummed for Alex, Alex Bowman not making it to the next round of the playoffs. I mean, it's just unfortunate he had those alternary problems and all, but he sure as heck didn't go down without a fight. He didn't cry uncle. He kept busting his butt, and he got a 10th place out of it. Could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I think look, that's a fair assessment. Four Hendrick cars entered this round of the playoffs, and currently we have uh, 
Uh, Chase Elliott advancing along with Kyle Larson. So two are advanced, two did not. We mentioned the alternator belt for the five of Larson. Well, the 48 of Alex Bowman also had charging issues, but it didn't seem to be a belt from what I understand. It was a bigger issue. So they just kept changing batteries. He had to shut all his fans off. I don't think the fans at home realize that you know, competition's so tight. If you just shut your brake fans off, yeah, your battery lives, but you're giving up an advantage that everyone yeah. else on the field has. That forces Alex Bowman to drive a different manner of race. And uh, I love the battle of this 48 team. And they just didn't have, much like William Byron, snake bit. Really. Flat yeah. tires, yeah. mechanical issues. I know that those are team issues, yeah, no. but they aren't really driver issues. I thought Alex Bowman and William Byron had a great round of 12, just not good enough. Yeah, so to Alex Bowman. He drove that whole race without his brake fans, without his driver aids, without everything. They just shut off everything. Um, that's tough on the driver. That's tough on the equipment. That's tough on the car. So as you said, he had to adjust and compromise right off the bat, which if you have to give up anything and you're in the playoffs, you give up the playoffs. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So he was behind the eight ball from the time it started. William Byron, once again, we saw it at Bristol. When he had to perform at Bristol, he put that car on his back. He and Rudy, they worked on that thing. They got it, and they end up third. They move on to the next round. And they did a phenomenal job. They did the same thing yesterday. They put themselves in position to win the race and move forward. And, and you know, I take a lot, and I texted back and forth with Rick last night and with William. It's fascinating, the disappointment, but the class they both carry it with. And I think that speaks volumes for William Byron. He is, it's like watching a combination of Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson do an interview when it's all over yeah. with. You know what I mean? Because at, at that age, so mature. D yeah. DJ, in my mind, when I look at the landscape of the garage area, I'm not sure anyone's stock is rising as quickly as William Byron's. Yeah, you, you know, Kyle Larson is what it is. Yeah. Wins yeah. a lot of race. Yeah. But I'm talking yeah. that young driver, yeah. that yeah. next Kyle Larson, that next champion. I mean, convince me otherwise. Why William Byron's stock is going up. It, I agree 100%. Uh, there's so much talent there. Uh, and because he hasn't driven stock cars all of his yeah. life and he's so young, he, he's made this rise. And, and now we're kind of starting to take it for granted. I think we took it for granted, but now we're starting to realize that this is a championship performer. Uh, yes. He's ready for the big moments. Yeah. Nothing that happened in this round of 12 was his fault uh, for not advancing into the next round. And, and I'm going to put Alex Bowman in that. You know, we talk about Alex Bowman as the kind of the – fourth guy in line at Henry. The man won three races. I know, and I know, he's I know. in the playoffs, and he performed like a champion in, yeah. in every single time there, too. And uh, that sponsor has to be elated with what they have. And that young driver, and I know Rick has got him signed up, and uh, they, you know, they have a, a group there that they can hang on yeah. to. But both of those drivers uh, performed well and showed why they are part of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm waiting I'm, for Rick to call us and say, y'all don't talk about Alex enough, <laughs> and my defense is going to be... You're probably yeah. right because yeah, you just you don't. Are. Like, how, how can a guy win three races off yeah. the radar, but he's done it? Yeah. And we don't talk about him enough. You know what I mean? Because he just comes in and wins races, and then he goes back to running seventh or eighth. Right. So you, you just kind of forget about it. But I'm going to say this about Byron. I, I do believe if, if we look at making the playoffs this year, if you look at Bristol and you look at this race, he advanced in wisdom and in age. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Leaps and bounds just in this, this playoff series. Yeah. He'll be dangerous making the playoffs next year. Yeah. All right, back to the phones. We got another caller on NASCAR Motormouse. You're on. Hey, John. Can you hear me? Oh, there's John. Uh, yeah, I thought it was Rutledge. He cut his mic off. I thought it was Rutledge. Lost yeah, his mic. No, John, mic you're off. on Motormouse. <laughs> 
Hey, guys, sorry about that. But I was wondering uh, for you guys to talk a little bit about the um, the alternator and battery issues from the Hendrick guys. I was just wondering from a team perspective, do you guys practice those scenarios during the week and in the off offseason um, at pit crew practice to see timing and whether it's, you know, replacing a shock, battery, alternator, and how long those uh, things will take? So thank you for taking my call. That's well, John, I think question. that's a great question. You, you know, I will say back when I was a crew chief in the garage area, we did go through certain scenarios, but but I'll admit um, we went through them, but you also got practice every single week because happy hour was like a mechanical failure in the race. Come yeah. in, try a set of rear shocks, change a mechanical issue, change a gear, change the brakes. You were always working on yeah. the car in a very rushed manner. I think what impressed me the most about what both Eric Amarola's team did at Bristol, remember yeah. they changed yes, that oil sure. line, True. and what the Hendrick team did with this belt is that we talk about no practice and how it affects the driver. What we don't talk about is no practice and how it affects yeah. the mechanics. True. These mechanics, when's the last time they opened the hood, reached down in there, and had to change something when it was on fire hot like yes. it would be in practice? Yeah. That, I think, is the big difference for me, right? Is these guys, I know they're great mechanics, but they're just kind of out of source and out of a rhythm. I, I didn't see any of that at all. And it really starts with the crew chief right there. Cliff Daniels was as calm as I had ever heard on the radio. Very matter of fact, what he needed to do. At one point, I saw the guy like changing his tools and working for a setting, and he was like, don't do that. We don't have time yeah. for that. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. Yes. And I yeah. like a general who takes command at that. So I guess the shorter answer is I do think teams go through some of these scenarios, but you can never get the right one. Uh, I guess a little concerned that they're having yeah. mechanical issues, but if I yeah. know that engine shop, they're going to try to figure yeah. out what exactly yeah, the issue sure. was. Yeah, and the other thing would be is that you're sending different people over the wall than what have been. So they, the tire changers had to make sure that they were back so the mechanics could go over, and not at one point in time did they ever have too many people yeah, over the wall and, and get a penalty for that. So well-orchestrated and well-designed, as you said. They, they have really good leadership yeah. there. So I'm going to stick with Hedger Motorsports. We'll move the conversation. We're going to go to a little contact on the racetrack, but not the Chase Elliott contact. We're going to get to that. <laughs> I want to talk about Redick and Byron. Yep. Byron puts himself in position. He looks like he has a chance to win the race. Koch comes out, bunches up the field, Reddick fast all day long, down the back stretch, self-admittedly in his interview, yep. and a little too deep, contact, sends William Byron off track enough that he has to do a stop and go. I think the question I have is, very simple, DJ, playoff car, non-playoff car, do you feel a driver like Reddick, zero wins in his career, needs to race playoff cars differently, or is this great NASCAR racing that we've grown to love? Let's first, let me throw this in there. William Byron made this pass over coming back onto the racetrack. So on the oval of one and two, got just in front. And we had seen Tyler Reddick outbreak most people most of the day. In trying to protect his position, William Byron, and not do something once he's got into second and he can see the leader, Denny Hamlin, right up here, did he check up just a slight bit earlier and that caught uh, Reddick by surprise just a little yeah. bit, and that created the contact. So I'm just throwing that out there. But yeah. to answer your question, I have no problem with Reddick racing hard trying to get his first win in that situation. He didn't mean for that to happen. He wasn't trying for that to happen. He was trying to protect his position, I believe, against the five yeah. uh, because exactly. he didn't want to lose two exactly. spots. He wanted to be in third where he could still attack. Yeah. And so he might have just got in there a little too hard. Well, let's say William did go to where he normally yeah. did. Right, and right. Reddick just got in there. I don't have a problem with what happened. I'm yeah. fine because it's not malicious. And you know why I'm really fine? Because he stepped up and said it. Yeah. He didn't hide yeah, and blame no, it on this guy no. and blame it on that guy and blame it on Warburg. No. You, you know what he said? He got out and said, that's all me. Listen. When William Byron came, upset as he should have been, yeah. what did Reddick say? He goes, it's my bad, man. I, I didn't mean to hit you, but I did. And, and I understand why Byron's upset. 
And if I was a crew chief of the 24, I'd have thrown a stopwatch and showed <laughs> you know, showed up. But I, but that's the rhetoric that deserves race that's fans, right? right? He's, he's racing for his sponsors and his fans. Listen, but let, let's just throw it on the table. As long as we have the playoff system that we have, 16 drivers against the rest of the field, yeah. 12 drivers against the rest of the field, eight drivers against, we're going to have these situations. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to come up. Mm-hmm. They're going to come up. We can't control that. The drivers can't control that. And when you put the drivers in that situation where you have a Tyler Reddick and I'm blasting down the backstretch and this guy's just passed me, I know that's for position, could be for the win, we're trying to get, and I look to my left and here's Kyle Larson, I'm going to lose two positions. I let it roll another six feet and boom, it happens. And, and you're right. As long as these guys are willing to man up and man up to each other. Yeah, you, we heard yeah. Byron and, 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 and Reddick say, I've already, we've already talked about it. We've yeah, already man. talked about it. Not good with it, but we've already talked about it. That's all you ask for out of these guys. Just man up and go talk. And yeah. I, won't, I won't lie, DJ, real quick. It didn't bother me because when it was. I might have had an issue with his lap 30. Yeah. But that was yeah. the final run of the race. That easily, yeah. that, that, was, that was the race for the win yeah. in, unless something else changed. Yeah. yeah, and we can't promote and say that one thing that makes our sport different and great is that everybody keeps competing. Yeah, we're into the playoffs, yeah. but everybody is still there, just as Kyle pointed out. You can't ask these other guys not to go race. Yeah. They, they still, you know, this is about their livelihood, too. You know, yep. they're trying to do it. And, again, you, especially when you're talking about a young driver that's got a fast race car and he's trying to win that first race. Reddick no had problem. tons of speed. Chris Buescher, a great run. Yeah. Wow. Danny Hamlin up front again. Austin Dillon part of the time. Austin Dillon there. part of the time. Matty D up there. I think, yeah. you know, once again, we've, we've proven that, that – uh, it's funny, you get in the playoffs, you think it'd be all playoff drivers, but some of these young drivers, yeah. they didn't get the memo. They're no, thinking they didn't they're going to go. Yeah. They're going to go with me a race. And heck, at one time, the top 10 was only maybe Denny that was in the playoffs, <laughs> and the other nine weren't even playoff drivers at that time. Rick, yeah. one time during break, said, Steve, when we come back from break, I want you to explain all the strategies to the fans at home. <laughs> you can't. And I said, Rick, let me tell you, they're not going to like it because it's going to be boring. They're going to scratch their heads. Let's just yes. see how it plays out. Let's just watch it. Because it was it, total chaos yes, it from was. two laps before the competition yellow. Well, listen, the big news story heading out wasn't just Larson's win. It's the contact between Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. It started at Bristol. There was a meeting at Las Vegas, and I'm not even going to say it ended at the Roval, but it <laughs> continued through the Roval that sent Chase Elliott backwards. Fans, call in. We'd love to get your opinion. one 844 NBC. Let us know what you think about the feud between Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Today, it determines on who will advance to the round of eight. The top 12 fighting for spots in the round of eight. Oh, look and out! The nine is around. A lot of damage to Chase Elliott. There's a big damage to the back of this nine. Yeah, the nine is destroyed. Was that the payback from Bristol? Did Kevin Harvick wait until it mattered most for Chase Elliott? Sometimes real life teaches you good lessons. You see the bumper flailing on the back of the nine of Chase Elliott. If we get a chance, we can wreck him and lock us in. Don't be worried. Oh, it's going to happen. And not too far behind the four is the nine of Chase Elliott. What will Chase Elliott do if he gets to the four? You get ready to find out because the nine is going to force his way in. Watch your bottom now. Watch your bottom. Oh, the four is going to miss the corner. He misses the into the wall wall. Kevin Harvick hard. The right part of the caution comes out. Yes, that got the wall hard. Harper turns, strikes again. He was above the cut line. 
prior to entering turn one. Now he's below the cut line, out of the possibility of advancing in the playoffs. Um, as far as Kevin goes, just want to wish them uh, a uh, merry offseason and a happy Christmas. So where do y'all want to start? Because it was crazy. <laughs> so listen, for, for the fan, which I think you all know, but let's just remind everybody, this stems from Bristol. There was a cut tire, Chase Elegant Harvick's way. They had words. NASCAR met with both drivers pre-Las Vegas. It was clear from the quotes yeah. post-Las Vegas. Chase was moving on. Harvick was not. I said it on the broadcast. That was my voice. said, hey, is this payback? Did he wait until it mattered most? In my mind, first, let's discuss. Does anyone at this table feel that it wasn't intentional Harvick spinning Chase Elliott. I think there was a window where Harvick could have claimed it wasn't intentional. Mm -hmm. But when he said, life teaches Harvick, <laughs> okay, then, yes. Then, then yes. Removed all that. that. Removed okay, so all we could just move on, on the we intention. We move on. It was move intentional. On the intention. was I could have, from a driver standpoint, yeah. I could have said, hey, he spun the tires or he didn't get Guessed back to the gas. That's right. He I got up. back to the gas because, Yes, and because there was so much damage to Harvick's car, because it drove his nose in a yeah. long way on his car, too. It wasn't just a but touch and move yeah. you out of the way. But he removed all that. So yeah, now let's, all that. let's so that's go that. to the that's Harvick hard. incident. Our, I was baffled that he hit that wall going into turn yeah. one. Was he just trying, you know, was he driving in the limit of the car all day? Because I don't think he had a great car, and he's had to overdrive his car the entire playoffs. I'm going to defend Kevin Harvick with that. He's trying to carry it through the playoffs. Or... Do you feel as race car drivers, he was looking in that mirror and figured he had to better get in there a little deeper than he had in other laps. Who drives into the corner hardest and the furthest in the Cup Series right yeah. now on the road courses? Yeah, that Napa number Elliott nine. And the nine car. Yep, yep. No and doubt. what has happened before that? You have wrecked the nine car. <laughs> yeah. You see in your mirror, there is no doubt my, he didn't have to make up both of those spots at that particular no. time. He was getting himself away from that, knowing that, if he didn't, he was probably going to get hit in the rear bumper yeah. and, and expected that. I firmly believe firmly that. Believe now, he might yeah. say that he just got in there too hard. Yeah. But he got in there too hard regardless because he knew where the nine was. Listen, we, we've, we've, all, we've raced. Okay, and, and let's just That's use, why I asked. Let, let's, just, let's just use Martinsville. So you're running Martinsville, run Martinsville, and you move somebody. When you get to the next corner, yeah. you draw up a little bit. Because yeah. Yeah, you, know you know they're going to they're gonna shove you one time. You're going to get a good hit one time. So if you wreck somebody, it, you better draw up a lot, man, because it's coming. And to look in the mirror, and look, I, what I like about that video right there is the 19 of, of Truex tries to get position. That uh, nine car is uh -uh. not going to give him that position. Uh -uh. I am lined up on that four, buddy. Get out of my way. I'm coming through. I think if there's one thing to take from this, and this is making light of the situation a little bit, which we have to do, but it, I guess the lesson to be learned, if you're going to tear up your car, it's better to do the back end than the front end yeah, because it does sure. a lot more for damage sure. with that front. For sure. Easier that from a guy cut. that had to tape yeah. them together, it's easier <laughs> yeah. to tape yeah. them back together. Right, that was listen. a great job they did of taping that nine they, bar. They oh, listen, we got a whole job. conversation about the nine and the rest of the day, but it's about the fans. We have mics yes. each and every week. This is your chance to speak and ask your questions, so let's go to line. Nas, Carl, you're on Motor Mouse. All right, first of all, I'm going to tell you what, Harvick missed that corner and wreck because it was the number nine was getting ready to put him in there anyway. So that's Fair. what happened for a fact. Believe that. Uh, my thing is on this, so NASCAR's talked to him. But when because of the sponsors, scholarships, owners, net, when, how far do they let this go? When is, do they intervene and say, okay, the police yourself on this one's over, especially now that Chase has advanced? So I'm going to jump in here. First of all, I'm thankful NASCAR talked to him because I feel that puts NASCAR off the hook. They yes. did their job as a sanctioning body. Yep. I'll also say that 
for me in my entire career, if we were on the lead lap and we were racing for position and you wrecked us or we wrecked you, we might go disagree, we might go push and shove, but I don't want referees. Yeah. I don't want somebody telling us how to race on the racetrack. Right? We are racing for position, and that has been happening since the beginning of racing. Now, that's very different than retaliation with a car that's laps down. We yeah, can get true. into all that. True. I do believe there needs to be another conversation because yes. now we have a car advancing in the playoffs and a car not advancing. So I will be disappointed if NASCAR doesn't reconvene. And at this point, I would even like to see them bring the owners in and say, okay, we talked to y'all's drivers, yeah. and this is what happened. Now we're talking to your owners. We just talked about playoff and non-playoff cars on the racetrack. Yeah. Let's let the playoffs play out the way they should. Now, I'm not saying Kevin Harvick can't make it tough on Chase Elliott. Yeah, he has right. every right to. That's right. Yeah. But I don't want to see any more intentional wrecking. That's my two cents. Dale, the Hall of Famer, I'll go to you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there needs to be another conversation. Uh, I hadn't thought about the owners coming in, but I thought there needs to be a conversation before they get in their cars at Texas and say, look, this needs to be done as far as wrecking each other. Race each other as hard as you want and make life miserable. We don't care about that. But we don't want to see any more wrecking of these cars intentionally yeah. uh, from this point forward. But I think if the owners sit in, then that, that would help both situations there. And, and I do I firmly believe, and I might be answering somebody's call right th with this, but do I believe that Kevin Harvick is going to make life, if he can run oh, good yeah. enough at – Texas and at Kansas and at Martinsville to make life hard on that nine car, he's going to do that. I do not think that he was going to wreck. I still think the conversation needs yeah. to be had. And two things. I, you, Chase Elliott did not wreck Kevin Harvick at Bristol. He no. just made it hard on him. Right. And that's what Dale's talking about. Kevin Harvick can make it hard on Chase Elliott by just holding him up. Mm -hmm. By just holding him up at any racetrack. Daytona, Talladega, Martinsville, Phoenix. It doesn't make any difference. Any racetrack. If I was going to have a meeting with these guys, and, and I'm going to say, I would get the owners, I'd get the crew chiefs, I'd get the drivers, and I'd say, come to the truck. And when they walked in the door, I would say, consider this your warning. And then I'd let them go. I wouldn't say anything to them. Because they should be smart enough to understand the implications and what being called to the truck just for an eye-to-eye. -eye. I, don't, I don't need to talk to them. They've already talked to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just Before? let them know we're still there. Dad, I don't like that. I like when you just yell at yeah, me. I no, know no, it's no, out no, of the no, way. No, no, no. I'm, I'm putting it back, back, back on you, dude. Yeah, sometimes I'm putting back on you. Yeah, sometimes that silence was a lot worse. Yeah, I'm putting it back on you. All right, back to the calls. I think, Ray, my ear's not as good as it used to be. You're on the call. Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey. You're. Yes, sir, you're on. I just wanted to what you think about the Harvick and the uh, Ayat uh, situation yesterday? Was it intentional or was it just hard racing? Oh, I think it was more than yeah. hard racing. I think, we, we're, I think we've checked that one off, but we all think it was intentional. I don't think uh, uh, no one's going to prove otherwise to me. No. Well, there's only one person that really knows it, but he That's correct. This is my opinion. He said it. He said I mean, he did. Yeah, I mean, with, what, with his words, yeah. it was... Hey, you know, this is what I did. And, yeah. uh, Merry Christmas. What was it? Have a good Christmas and an off-season. Merry New Year, Happy Christmas. I don't know, something. It was. It yeah. was. Uh, it it's, was. It's, a, it's a Hallmark card now. Hey, well, I have a question. Now, what's your opinion? So, the nine hits here, and then it goes through here. I really believe in my heart that oh, left-hand yeah. oh, turn. Oh, he was trying. He was trying. Don't you think? If you let this play He's through right here and it keeps right, going, yeah. keeps going. Right. I think that oh, left right hook. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was going to get hard. He wasn't spinning yeah. out at that yeah. point. He was, that was a yeah. hard left and hook. Cole, Cole Custer's like, how did I get the middle of Cole? Yeah. Cole caught the wrong, caught the wrong Stuart Haas car. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phones. You're on NASCAR Motor Mouse. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. How are you? 
Doing good. Um, I just wanted to go back quickly to the Bristol incident between Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. Was um, I know with me trying to really understand NASCAR and doing, you know, with fans having access now to iRacing and all that stuff, I know there's like some unwritten rules going on to where you try your best to pass the leader or pass the car in front of you as best you can without wrecking your car. And Kevin Harvick, I think, clearly did not do that with him cutting his tire and input and, and being able to not have the right finish that Chase Elliott thought he should have and then racing him hard like that. I feel like that it should have probably, you know, Harvick should have probably realized that way that the only way for him to win was to be able to wreck Elliott or to be able, like last year, to try to get into the uh, next round of the playoffs was wreck Kyle Busch. I just wanted you guys to take on that so he wants to go back all the way to bristol from what i understand and i think this is where this all starts i mean the whole thing started when kevin harvick went up the track made contact with chase causing chase's left front down i saw that as what i love about bristol i saw this move right here as chase right on his right rear door and harvick running up the racetrack he didn't even push the nine all the way to the wall if it doesn't flatten the left front tire i'm not even sure we review this i'm not even sure it makes the highlight reels yeah no 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 he was just trying to get the lead there you know they're racing for the lead and and for the win and to me that was just short track racing that's right and, and unfortunately for chase you know it it came at the expense of getting the left front tire yeah. cut having to come into the pits and, and I'll even go as far as to when Chase came back on the racetrack uh, he passed Harvick and got in front and I know that Kevin says that that kept him from winning the race the that that Chase slowed things down so that Kyle Larson could catch up there are two other lanes on that racetrack yeah. that Harvick never tried to use to try to pass the nine car now I'm not saying I know where his car worked the best yeah. but yeah, there were other lap cars that were running up there too. And so, uh, you know, I'll go as far as to say that, that he had other opportunities to make a pass on the nine and maybe not lose that. Yeah, l- listen, that move right there, you see a thousand times at Martinsville, a thousand times at Bristol, and we saw at least a thousand times yesterday. Um, run somebody a little wide through the corner, make them check up a little bit yeah. and take the position away from them. That's just, I mean, you, you go to your local short track, you're going to see it Saturday night, you're going to see it Friday night. That's just, so it's not... It's an intentional move, but you don't do it to cut the guy's tired. That's no. just something that happens, and, and it doesn't happen every time. It yeah. does not happen every time. Listen, my son races. I've coached him to that move. That's, That's called right. take what you need. That's yeah. right. Take yeah. it, man. If you can't yeah. see that nose out your right front peripheral, that means yeah. he might be back there, and that's his problem. Take that's what you problem. need. We're going, we, have, we have fought for this spot, that's and right. we are discarding this guy and moving that's on right. to the and next 500 one. laps that night at Bristol, it probably, yeah. it probably happened – 30 other times yeah. at minimum that you know, yeah. didn't cut the tire down. That's right. He it said something, though, after seeing Bristol's mayhem and the cut race at Roval's mayhem, <laughs> if the phone lines at Martinsville weren't lit up all oh, day today, know, we man. can't say that's exactly I don't right. know what the fans are. I'm, glad we, have, I'm glad we have tickets to get there. Too, I'm going to tell you, I love that booth. <laughs> yeah. I get to see the whole paper clip in front now. of me. It is great. Well, let's see if we have any more phone calls about the Carvick and the Elliott situation. Oh, we got one eight four four NASCAR NBC. Yeah. Call in, ask us some more questions. All right, let's move forward. So there's a wreck. Chase Elliott damaged, riding around with the bumper flapping off. The oh. bumper flaps off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in my heart, if it's not in the playoffs, the nine gets black flagged. I also believe that NASCAR would give that amount of leverage to any playoff team to not let it affect the playoffs. The question is, is that okay? Is that not okay? Should NASCAR, I think they've become more clear with their yellows. Should they become more clear on what is going to be allowed 
as far as repairs and damage. We see this less and less and less because of the damaged vehicle rule. Wow. It's quiet. Quiet, yeah. quiet group listen, up here. Listen, if, if, and this is just, if you're going to have the system that we have, where the playoff drivers have to race against the other competitors, mm-hmm. okay, then I don't really give a rat's ass whether it's a playoff driver or another competitor. If they're in the same race, the rules should be the same. If that had happened to a Daniel Suarez, if that had happened to an Eric Jones, a guy that's not in the playoffs, are they going to call it quicker? Right. And you're saying maybe they are. I don't know. I, I, know, yeah. I, I know, yeah. but you're saying maybe they look at it different. If they look at it different, shame on them because they shouldn't look at it different. No. They, it should be the same. I think they let it go because it was a cut race and because it was a contender. Um, was it right? I don't, I don't think it was right. And, and here's why I don't think, think it was right. They threw a caution for somebody spinning in the middle of the front stretch for no apparent reason. I, I still don't get that one. Yeah, the uh, 14 spun Yeah, the 14 out. spun yeah. around. And I'm like, why'd that caution come? So the inconsistencies, I, I, don't, I didn't appreciate that part of it. So I will say this. I don't have the whole radio. I know they weren't black flag because we yep, would have been yes, informed. Yep. What I don't know, and I want to bring this up, is as a crew chief in my entire career, Normally, before you get black flag, you kind of get, or you get, hey, come up with a plan. Yeah. What we're seeing is no good. Like, next pit stop, like, we're not, we're, we're going to let you come to pit road either because you need fuel or because the caution came out and, and come up with a plan. We're not going to bring you in. Yeah. So, all I will say is, I feel comfortable saying it's not black and white to me on what yeah. black flags do or don't come out. It's clear on yeah. fluid. Yeah. But it's not clear on body panels, but that seemed to be egregious and had a lot of laps, DJ. There was only one thing that was going to happen with this situation is that bumper cover was eventually <laughs> going to come, come off. off. No doubt. So think back to races to where we have green flag situations and everybody's making green flag pit stops and they have waited on something to throw a caution. A tire sitting that is rolled across pit road that is yep. sitting there. Yep. Uh, no harm for anybody, but they let the cycle play out to where somebody doesn't get an advantage and catch a lot of the cars a lap down yeah. because it's going to affect the the way the race has, is playing out. This was going to affect the way the race was playing out. Yeah, and, yeah. and you, you know, we can sit here and speculate. William Byron was leading, looked like to have the best car. He could have gone on and won the race and moved into the next round of the playoffs. Chase Elliott wasn't going to uh, unless he gets a caution that is now created uh, by his bumper cover. And we won't get into the safety side because that bumper cover more than likely isn't going to fly up into the stands. Yeah. But it's still, you look at all of that stuff and you take that into consideration. I think that it went way too long um, for the situation, and it did have an effect on the outcome of the race yeah. and who advanced in the playoffs, that's, and I think that is totally wrong. That's yeah, and listen, and before anybody talks about the team, if I'm Alan Gustafson, I'm doing the exact same thing. Oh, yeah, sure. oh, yeah, oh, sure. 100%. Because I can make, pay make to make that nine car. Yeah, someone's going to have to. Matter of fact, you black flag I, me, you might have to black flag me yeah. for a couple laps because yeah. I'm going to ignore that's it right. a little I'm, bit yeah, and see if I can agree 100%. Then I'm coming in. What is it? The black flag with the white cross. Then you come to pit road. Agree 100%. All right, Kevin, you're on NASCAR Motor Mouse. Hey, good evening. Yeah, I just wanted to chime in on what you guys were just talking about, and I kind of think. NASCAR really blows that call with not throwing that black flag. Like you said, if there's anybody else at any other time, black flag's on you, man. So uh, is is that NASCAR favoritism? Is that what you want to call it? I really don't think it's giving them slack because, like you said, they're racing every other car out there. Why not black flag them? You're no different. That's what so I, I got. 
Well, I'm yeah. going to go with this. I don't yeah. believe it's favoritism from NASCAR. I think it's yeah. NASCAR not trying to be part of the story. Yeah. But unfortunately, when you're the officials, you don't get a vote. Yeah. It's no yeah. different than like, you know, wow, they're going to let this pass interference call go because it's the last play of the game. Okay, yeah. listen, is it pass interference or is it not? Yeah. I mean, you have to officiate it the same way the whole time. But, and listen, I'll add that this is something that I expect NASCAR to review. And if I am another crew chief on pit road, I am having a conversation this week with NASCAR. And it's not, hey, you messed up or no, you didn't. It would be, please yeah. explain. Matter of fact, I, we have a call every week with NASCAR, and I'm going to bring it up because I'm the guy responsible on this broadcast to understand it. And yeah. I'm going to say, someone has to, you heard me on the broadcast. Well, they may or may not black flag them for this tale because I didn't know. I want to get that cleared up for my own well-being this yeah. week. But, but I, I look at it, I'm, I'm going to say it this way, okay, is NASCAR, I think NASCAR did the right thing. Okay, by not trying to step in and make a call and try and, and so you say, okay, well that's good. But then you look at it and you say they should have made a call on the nine car because it would have affected one car, one single yeah. car. Yeah. By letting it do what it did, it affected the other thirty-nine cars because they ended up in a different position at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. They ended up with a different strategy. They ended up so it's not favoritism. But by yeah. not making a call, you affected the majority, yeah. not the minority. And yeah. you should have gone with making a call and, and getting the one guy off the racetrack. All that's right, Dan, that's the opinion on this one. Your NASCAR Motor Miles, Dale Jarrett, Kyle Petty. Oh, man, uh, nice to talk to you guys. Hey, um, since we all agree that Harvick was intentional in wrecking Chase Elliott, don't you think that NASCAR should follow the precedent they set with the Kenseth Logano incident back? I mean, oh, Kenseth Logano, we knew it was coming. <laughs> no. Dan, thank you for your question. <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, yeah. So I have an opinion, but I'm going to defer to the drivers first. DJ, KP. No, listen, the two ugliest things I've ever seen in this sport was um, Cousin Carl coming out of Atlanta and, and putting the two-car of, of Brad Kay on his roof and Matt coming out and, and wrecking the 20. They were laps down. They weren't in contention. They were out of the race. They had nothing to gain. They just came out for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was for self-gratification and to take out the guy who they felt like had taken them out. There is no place for that in this sport. No place, period. So that's not the same thing that we're talking about with Kevin Harvick. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, until Harvick cleared things up in his interview, we, we could, as I said, from a driver's standpoint, I could have made the argument that he just got into the gas way sooner and way harder and happened to hit the nine yeah. car there. And uh, they were racing for a position and racing for playoff, uh, trying to, to get through. Harvick had to pass yeah. as many cars. And if you're moving somebody out of the way, uh, that would have been the case. And in this case, it was the nine. For me, it's apple and oranges, and here's why. Whether he hit him to move him up to go by or to wreck him intentionally or whether Dale Sr. Yeah. wrecked Terry Labonte to win at Bristol yeah. or when Jeff Gordon hit Rusty Wallace for the That's bump right. and run yeah. or the day I was standing at the gas pumps that he was going to beat the crap out of Jeff Gordon because he moved him for <laughs> third at New Hampshire. We can go this back to Pearson and Penny and Daytona. We can go back all the way, man. Since the beginning of racing. That's right. And my opinion is what happened with Logano and Matt Kenseth had nothing to do with racing. That no, was not no, racing. No. That was way beyond racing. Yes. Intentional, not intentional. When you and I are racing for position, yeah. I don't care if I send you off into the toolies, 
That's my right yeah. as a race car driver. And it's your right to be mad. It's yeah, your right no. to retaliate. I mean, people don't want to hear this, but if we, if, if NASCAR got in trouble for everybody who ran into somebody else, it wouldn't be worth yep. watching. We wouldn't have many no. yellows. Let them hit each other. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go one step further here. Okay, so when I got my license to drive a, race, to drive a car, road car, I realized really quick that I could outrun the local police, but I could not outrun the radios. Okay? <laughs> so if you are going to do something, mm -hmm. don't broadcast it on your radio channel yeah. because you're guilty already. So we heard yeah. the radio chatter. I'm going to get this guy. It's a payback. It's this, it's this. Listen, dude, man, yeah. guilty. Do it. End of the conversation. That's it. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm going to take one thing, and this might be a little off of it, but we hear all the time that we want rivalries in yeah. the sport. And yeah. I don't care what yeah. sport it is. That's good for sport, you know. Now, intentionally wrecking people, I don't know that that comes yeah. in. But in this sport, if, if you want a rivalry, then you're going to have on-track incidents that are going to make people unhappy uh, about what happened. Yeah. But if you want rivalry, we, we can't have it both ways. Yeah. You can't have a rivalry that doesn't have some of this. Yeah. So let's not condemn everyone no. for that and put it into the sense of where and trying to compare this to what Matt Kenseth did uh, in that. And, and we've all been in that situation. Yeah, we all and, have. We and all have wanted to do that sometimes and have an action not, on it. But, no, but the two yeah. situations are totally different. Totally different. That's not a knock on Matt or anything. No, that went not on. at all. No. And that no. is not. One of the nicest guys. You well, ever let me, just, let me go back to ever. buying Martinsville tickets. Yeah. Because Please. I do believe that, <laughs> um, and I said it, I said his timing was interesting, right? They had Las Vegas. Yeah. And I, I, I have to go back and watch race, but I'm confident at some point they were near each other at Las Vegas. He chose not to do it at a very yeah. fast one-and-a-half-mile track. But you got in that slippery, slow, second-gear infield at the Roval, he found – and actually, I think that's the second shot. Because if, if I go back to the end of stage one, there was a couple swipes across the bumper. I don't know if those were messages or mm -hmm. misses, Yeah, but yeah. he didn't miss a second yeah. time. And the fact that at that point in time, the nine car is in the playoffs into yeah. the round of eight, yeah. and the four car is not. Yeah. All right, Dusty, you're on NASCAR American Motor Mouse. Hey, thank you so much. I just want to say I was at the race yesterday, and it was absolutely amazing. The atmosphere it was amazing. When Harvick went in a while, I just got to say that was awesome. But this is the best rivalry I think we've had in 30 years. <laughs> and uh, everybody's saying we need more rivalries and more arguments and fights up their races, like Junior's always saying, and this is great. And uh, do y'all really want NASCAR to put water on this fire? Because I'm telling you, I'm going to Martinsville, and I, I, I want to see this continue. I'm loving it. This is like what we need every week yeah. in the sport. Well, here's what I would say. I don't think it's NASCAR's job to put water on no. it. It's NASCAR's no. job to not – they can't ignore it. And That's I thought, right. I, thought I was it. very happy to say That's yesterday, right. remind everyone, it. they spoke to him at Las exactly. Vegas. Exactly. Right? Because – Great they, job. They're not NASCAR driving the cars. Yeah. All I can do is talk to the two and, and tell them what they wish would happen yeah. moving forward. Mm -hmm. But those are two grown yeah. men driving race cars, yeah. and they're going to yeah. decide yeah. how they're going to operate them. Yeah, we don't need fines being thrown no. out here or anything no. like that. You know, this is this is a sport with people that are highly competitive uh, in, in a world that most people can't get in because nobody yeah. goes sits yeah. in a 140-degree race car yeah. for four hours at yeah. a time. Listen, I'll never get on a fan for booing a driver they don't like, no. cheering for a driver they like. Uh, sports are about, you know, sports, What you know, one of our bosses said, we're getting ready to go cover sports, not brain surgery. Have a great time. Yeah. That's what it is. Now, for these guys, it is their careers. Yes. Sure. But for the race fans, sit back and enjoy it. We get to analyze it. It should be more serious for them than it is for yeah. us because that's what makes sports great. I mean, that's yeah. what it's all about. True. And I will say once again, the people that don't love the playoffs, 
NASCAR's <laughs> postseason has delivered. Yes, yes, it has. I mean, right? Like, it I think I'm year, not man. in this fire pit that these guys are in each yeah. and every week, but the postseason wow. has delivered, and it's going to continue to deliver. Now that we have eight drivers left, Kansas and Texas, a couple races left, and then Martinsville, it's going to be a good time. And then, look, I love this, the Chase Elliott <laughs> store. Oh, there you have <laughs> it. Wishing you were married yeah, offseason. Yeah, Chase this Elliott. is over, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's over. No problem. I'm sure that, that looks like a nine-year-old oh Chase God. Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little Clark Griswold vibe. I like it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. I like it. Had to throw the Kevin Harvick nine-year-old. Oh, Chase Elliott store. If you're listening, you send one to Kyle Petty. He'll wear it on the NAS- yes, NASCAR wheelhouse. No yes, doubt. I will. No doubt. Well, listen. There's a lot more to talk about. We want to talk about big tests today. Next gen on the Roval. That's yep. what 2022 looks like. I think Pete Pistone might be joining us. I'm going to talk a little bit of the next round of the playoffs. More to come on NASCAR America Motormouse. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. NASCAR playoffs continue with the round of eight from Texas Speedway on Saturday. It's Xfinity Series on NBC. 2.30 countdown to green. 3 o'clock racing from Texas. And then on Sunday... Also on NBC, countdown to green at 1.30, 2 o'clock, Cup Series racing from Texas. And then don't forget the NASCAR America post-race show where we're going to break down everything that happened uh, at Texas Motor Speedway for the playoffs. Another big news story today was the 2022 next-gen car. There have been some tests uh, with some wheel force stuff. It's a Goodyear test, but today was the first organizational test. It's boring. Every team can't bring cars. It's basically for every two teams you own, you get to bring a car. So Hendrick had a couple. A small team like Spire had one. Penske had a couple. It was wonderful to see the cars on track. I spent all day out there. They sound great. They look great. Um, Man, that got in the braking zones good. So (laughs) I guess I don't want to get too carried away with next year until next year comes. Yeah. Uh, But DJ, I'm going to just throw it to you. Let's just talk looks. I think they're good-looking race cars. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. They're, it's a totally different look, and they look fantastic. Uh, no doubt about that. I think there are certain places that they like the Roval. They're going to perform to the drivers are going to love them there. I think there's some other places because of the suspension and everything that goes yeah. along with it is going to be so totally different that probably the younger drivers are going to adapt quick. But when you've been doing something as long as Harvick and some others yeah. have, uh, I think they're going to have a harder time uh, adapting to that a little bit. They're great race drivers, but it could be a little difficult. I I think it's been since 1958 since they run a symmetrical car. Uh, (laughs) That's what I was going to bring up. I mean, honestly. So, symmetrical, real quick. So, if you look at a stock car currently, they are not symmetrical. There's not a center line. The car is offset. It it is a circle track car that we take to the road courses. If you stand behind this car, it's showroom quality. It is the same right to left. And, you know, you, you you can go to the Hall of Fame. And look at cars from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. And then you start into the 80s. And you see the car's bodies begin to move to the left mm-hmm. in certain places. Speedways, it's a little bit different. But if you could take that body off and look at the chassis and look at the weight distribution, you would see all the weight going to the left, too. I mean, there's so many different things that this car is a totally different animal 
than anything they've run yeah. over the last 15 or 20 years, specific, maybe the last 30 years. Well, there's a lot to be learned, but what we've learned today is 21 of them showed up. Yeah. So there's a lot of race cars out there, and yeah. it was fun to watch. Well, I teased it before. Pete Pistone is going to join us after the break. We're going to hear what he had to say on the morning drive. I'm sure the fans were fired up. Probably nothing <laughs> about Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. There he is, the man, <laughs> Pete, when we come back. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. NASCAR America Motor Mouse is back and joined by co-host of the morning drive on Sirius XM NASCAR radio, Pete Pistone. Pete, checkered flags, black flags. I'm sure nobody had any comments about <laughs> Harvick and Elliott this morning. How was the radio show? It was a great show. Mondays are always a great show because we hear from the fans. And Stevie, as you just said, we ask him checkered flags, black flags. What'd you like from the weekend? What didn't you like from the weekend? I don't have the unofficial totals in front of me, boys. But I got to tell you, I think Kevin Harvick got 99.1% minimum of the black flags from the fans today. Now, there's a couple of things I think here at play. One, you're dealing with the most popular driver in Chase Elliott. So I think you got to take that in consideration. But I do think a lot of the fans felt like what Kevin Harvick did just was way over the line. Listen, the fans want rivalries. I want rivalries. You guys want rivalries. Bagman and I talk all the time about that's good for business, right? But I think there's a line, and I think there's a threshold. And I think what Kevin did, Chase, was over the line for a lot of the fans. And I think that's why the, the many black flags we got today kind of piled up. Now, we had Scott Miller from NASCAR on with us this morning, like we always do on Mondays. And, of course, we asked him about this. And uh, he even said that he felt, like the sanctioning body felt, they want hard racing. They don't want to insert themselves into these kinds of things. But if they get past the threshold, but they think they might, they're going to. And it feels like, guys, Kevin Harvick might be at that point right now. And I think NASCAR is going to sit down with both him and Chase Elliott before we get to Texas this weekend. Pete, my question is, do you think, and I know this would be total speculation on any of his part, but if Kevin Harvick would have booted Joey Logano, would he have gotten the same reaction? Dale, I don't think so. <laughs> For two reasons. One, like I said earlier, dealing with Chase Elliott, right? Yeah. He's the most popular driver. But two, obviously the, the bad blood that went on between these guys at Bristol. And it was just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then it finally came to fruition. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I kind of forgot about it, to be honest, until it resurrected itself at the Roval on Sunday. And, you know, now we're in the playoffs, right? And, you know, you don't want to be the guy, I don't think, that wants to go out there. I thought Rick Hendrick said it perfectly. Listen, we have no problem racing hard with someone, but beat us on the racetrack. Use your speed. Use your handling. Use your performance and beat us. Don't just punt us out of the way. And that's where I think, again, where we listen to the listeners today, guys, the fans don't want the umpire to make the call. I get it. But sometimes the umpire has to make the call. And, and you know, it's baseball playoffs right now. You know, if a pitcher is backing a guy off the plate and give him a little chin music, I think the umpires are cool with that. But the minute that ball starts to head toward the helmet and, and it becomes a, a bean ball, then the umpires have to step in. And I think it feels like what Kevin did might have been in that kind of beanball category right now for NASCAR. You mentioned uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. I appreciate all those congratulatory texts with the Red Sox beating the Yankees and going up 2-1 on the Rays. But you also mentioned listeners. Uh, Chandler is on the phone. Chandler, you're on NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Thank you, Steve. And first off, I want to send my heart warm condolences to the family of John West Townley. 
John was an incredible driver. He will be dearly missed. So, guys, the round of eight is here, and there are five drivers who have won, you know, a championship. And looking at those five, who do you think is capable of winning another championship for 2021 in the Cup Series? Great question, Chandler. Pete, I'm going to throw it to you. We know Chase is the most popular, but what do you get feel from the fans, and what's your opinion as an analyst? Who do you think is going to make a run here? I think it's going to be Kyle Larson. And isn't it funny, you know, the points as they run, as I was watching you guys on Sunday, the telecast, he was out for, you know, a big part of that on Sunday. And I was watching Twitter, and a lot of the media people were saying, I can't believe this. This guy that won six races going into Sunday isn't even going to make it out of this round. He did, obviously, with his seventh win. So, Chandler, I I think it's going to be Kyle Larson in there again. And I think it's going to come down to the two guys you see there on screen, Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin. I think those are the two best guys. They've come to life here in the most important time of the year. And I think when we get to Phoenix, there are going to be two other guys there. But I really feel it's going to come down to the 5 and the 11. And I got a feeling it's going to be the 5. And it's his year here in 2021. All right, Pete, only a couple minutes left. I guess I want to get your reaction on Harvick, Bell, Byron, Bowman eliminated. Any shockers in that group? Or is the one you just thought for sure would move forward? I kind of thought Kevin was, to be honest with you, Stevie. I really did. The way they had been running, you know, without all this other stuff we're talking about here, you know, we talked to Rodney Childers just before the playoffs started on the morning drive, and he said he felt much better about the kinds of cars they were building and bringing in the playoffs, and it actually showed. So that one did surprise me. I, I really thought William Byron was going to pull his fat out of the fire yesterday. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way for him. So I think these eight drivers that we've got here starting this weekend in Texas, going to be fun watching this down the stretch. And we know what's lurking, guys, after Martins or after Texas and Kansas. It's Martin. And that should be a lot of fun to see who goes to Phoenix to run for a title the week after that. Pete Stoney, Morning Drive, Sirius XM Channel 90. Is it DJ tomorrow? DJ, throw me a little Tim Dog or something on. Don't give Bagley the controls. His DJ hour is awful. <laughs> okay. we'll, let, we'll let Sammy pick the music for you, DJ. No problem. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, so man, much DJ. fun listening thanks, to Pete and Bagley each day. You know, they kind of they get the real pulse. They yeah. get a lot of yeah. fans. They get a yes. lot of called in. So I asked him the question. I guess I'll ask you too. Harvick, Bell, Byron, Bowman. Is there just one driver you thought was going to advance? And I'll also parlay that into who's going to make a championship run. Uh, no, I don't know. Who did I have? I had Kevin and um, had Kyle Busch. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. had Bell in. I you had expected Bell, Bell to make I, it. I expected Bell to, to – I, listen, I expected Bell to run really good. And Bell has really honestly disappointed me during these playoffs yeah, because yeah. I thought he would bring more. I thought they would have brought more, but they didn't bring anything to these playoffs. So is it fair to say that Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, are those the two that are separating themselves not just in points but on track performance? You know, he just pointed out there's five of the eight that are champ, former champions. And uh, neither are Hamlin sport. or Larson. And exactly. <laughs> yes. So we got two of the three that aren't that yeah. are, the, I think, going in that they're the favorites uh, when you look at that. Yeah. But, yeah, so much experience there. And, you know, I'm Ryan Blaney – has been the most impressive driver from, from wow. Penske, I believe. And I think he could win one of these first two races and become a part of that championship four. I thought Team Penske did a great job excelling in the awkward round of Talladega and the Roval. I have concern at the back-to-back mile and a half. Less for Ryan Blaney. He's kind of been there. But the, the two, real big concern for the two. <laughs> Not sure about say, the train I team. think Blaney and Logano have excelled in this round. I, you want to say the, the other one? I'm not so sure. Well, I he, mean, he, he struggled. Advanced. Yeah, he, he advanced. I knew Brad was a great driver. I didn't know he was a damn magician. Yeah. <laughs> he pulled one out right there. Yes, That's exactly has. right. Okay, here's, one more. Here's Brad. Hamlin's gone two for two. He won the first race around one, won the first race around two. Can Danny Hamlin go for the hat trick and go into the final four and, with, a and, first, with a win at Texas? Wow. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a great I'd, way to do I'd, it. Listen, I'd say yes. I'd yeah. say yes. I'm going to go in that round, too. I'd, I'd say I think yes. he does it. Yeah. Winless in the regular season and yeah. the two biggest wins you can have wow. in the playoffs so far. It's Texas and Phoenix. Four wins, the most That's important right. of the year. Well, listen, NASCAR Motor Mouse comes back again on Wednesday. They'll look forward to Texas. It's been a blast. See you again next week. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.